It's the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. I'm Lori Rivers with you here to help you with some inspiration to get those aspirations out into the world. So before I go further, mea culpa, mea culpa, mea culpa. When I was doing Michelle Obama's chart, I was messing around with the animation on my software and I accidentally animated days. <laughs> I already did the revised version in Patreon. Uh, she was, she's actually a Capricorn, but I do believe she's a Capricorn raising. I believe I got the time set very well. But uh, for those of you going, oh, kiss her what? Not her accuracy. Uh, yeah, I goofed. Her birthday is January 17th, so she's a Capricorn. So my bad. Um, besides that, and, and I'll tell you what, if anybody can make like stupid mistakes in public, it's me because I have my Virgo South node in the 10th house conjunct Pluto. So, uh, that's my way of <clears throat> not being allowed to do perfection in any way, shape or form and how to be humbled. Oh my gosh, this week is nuts. We've got Mercury conjunct Pluto today. If you are driving to work or traveling for work and you're listening to this, please pay attention to what you're doing. If you have to listen to this podcast or any portion over again, that's fine. Okay. Please keep your hands on the wheel. That Mercury is conjunct Pluto today. I talk about that in the next segment. It's it's wild. So we're going to drive carefully today. If you're in Southern California or anywhere else in the world with bad weather, just be safe. Be careful. It's not worth the risk. Oh, and we have the new moon this week. It's a powerful new moon. And I did a segment just for you on that and the energy and really what to consider as you're setting your intentions. Remember, we set intentions with the new moon. Listening to this, I hope you get some inspiration for that, whether we're folding laundry or doing dishes or finding perfect parking regardless of the weather or if we're just typing emails whatever we're doing together uh, i hope you enjoy and there's a lot to enjoy on this podcast i had two phenomenal guests i had music industry expert jen ortega come on and talk about the united music group taking the music off tiktok but we didn't really focus on that too hard what we're really focusing on is indie musicians and creatives and how to use the energy of the pluto and aquarius era to your advantage and uh, Jen has been a patron and a client and a student of mine over the years. And she's been using astrology to help her indie clients. And it was a great conversation. Just great. Uh, she's the host of the Gemini Baby Co podcast. And you can tell there was some Gemini and Libra action happening in that conversation. We could have talked all night long. Super fun. And then the ever-eloquent Mackenzie, otherwise known as McDubbs, came on to do the astrology Q&A with me. And of course, that is always profoundly lovely. Profoundly lovely? How's that? Profoundly lovely. But it is. She is so eloquent in how she describes things. And uh, it was a pleasure to have her on the podcast again. Patrons will get to hear her again for the patron-only version of Astrology Q&A. So that's exciting. 
because I figured while I had her, we might as well record. Aha! Aha! I'm getting smarter. Streamlining. It must be Aquarius season. All right. Tie on your hats, folks, because it's a windy ride through this podcast. Deep breaths. We'll get through it together. You were warned. You were warned about Mercury entering Aquarius and being conjunct Pluto. Uh, I, I hope if you're traveling, I hope if you're traveling that everything is going okay. And do expect delays if you're flying. And some of that just could be weather. It doesn't mean there's mechanical issues. Um, I don't want people to freak out. Just just prepare for delays. It's a heads up. You don't need to be frustrated. It's it's tiring enough to travel, but just just be prepared. If we're driving to work, please keep your eyes on the road, your hands attending to, and be aware there may be erratic drivers on the road. It could be inclement conditions. Don't make treacherous journeys. Stay away from the sea. It's that kind of deal. <clears throat> I told you the weather was going to be wild. And I just saw there's this guy on TikTok named Weather Daddy. <laughs> oh, we get so creative. Uh, anyway, he's a meteorologist. And guess what's coming mid-month towards California? Another atmospheric river potentially arriving after Valentine's Day, which is the 15th. And I have that warning be about uh, the Mars-Pluto action from the 12th through the 15th. So I was like, of course it is. Of course. Of course. Um, wind could be an issue anywhere around. Um it could be an issue anywhere around the world. In some places, it's going to bring rain. In other places, it's going to bring, you know, dust, fires, things like that. We could see downed power lines. I'm actually recording this earlier on Sunday than normal, and I got the interview done with uh, Jen Ortega who is my music industry specialist and uh, McKinsey with the podcast Q and a, you get to hear from the delightful McKinsey today. I did those on Friday cause I knew Monday was going to be a little bit wonky. So Mercury is technically still in Capricorn as I record this because I'm a little, I'm a little concerned about connectivity as, as the, uh, storm rages on here in Southern California. It is wet. And people might be like, but the moon's in Sagittarius, Lori. How is that wet weather? It's a fire sign. It's a dry sign. It's also an expansive sign. And it is moving into a sextile. It's actually currently in a sextile with the sun. So that's just like everything's a little extra right now. Extra weird. Uh, what am I like? It is, it is, it's a little wild. It's a little wild. And the moon is also moving into a, uh, it will be in a train tomorrow morning, Monday morning, as you're listening to this with the North node. So we'll probably hear about some, uh, historic events. Isn't that fun? I know you're all tired of living in historic times. Guess what? Your whole life was in a, it was a historic time. Your grandparents' lives were historic. Your great-grandparents, 
because history is is the story of the past and we're living in the present creating the future and and forging the path built on the past in every single moment let let your mind sip on that one so monday again if you're driving i really want you to keep your eye out there's going to be some real erratic drivers and i think we're going to see some trucking incidents we could see airplanes grounded we could see issues with hangers um i don't necessarily see like planes having accidents necessarily uh propeller planes maybe helicopters most likely um unlikely that we will see uh like big crashes and things like that but we could see um some significant delays we could see rail travel subways interrupted and definitely trucking accidents i think we're going to see some trucking accidents and there's so going to be some issues with electric vehicles that's going to be up in the headlines as well speaking of the headlines let me just give you the headlines for the week uh from the awake space astrology magazine if you're a patron you already got it we got it out on the first this month isn't that crazy like that never happens that was teamwork let me tell you the astrology crew was hard at it with me as we got that sucker out on the evening of the first <sighs> sigh of relief it's so stressful it's so stressful <clears throat> getting that out in a timely manner there's so much there uh, this month, I wrote an article about the what degrees are for in astrology and how to find them in your astrology chart. But let's talk about what's up on deck. I'm careful about how I say that because, you know, the AI transcribing services, you know, like the caption services, every time I say deck, even fully enunciated, it shows something else. It's very frustrating. Use your imagination. All right. So uh, February 3rd to the 6th, we have the moon in Sagittarius. And, and we could see some issues with Donald Trump's family home or his just his family. We can see issues with arsons, wildfires, bushfires, high winds. That's global. And so looking kind of maybe in the Southern hemisphere for some of that treaties, trade agreements and international law or international organizations are in the headlines. A uh, high court federal in the headlines could be a high profile case, cheating scandal or issue with higher education that could be possible in the headlines. And when I'm talking headlines, I'm talking like not just MSNBC or CNN or what have you. I'm talking about like local newspapers. It's anything that is putting out news. So if you're a patron, make sure you check the news news thread. I try to get as many in when I see them that back up what I was talking about. These are the themes that I think are going to be up in the headlines. Um, <clears throat> climbing or hiking accident, rock slide, landslide issue in national park or public lands espionage intelligence agencies accusations of spying treason breach of agreements and that would be like international agreements 
citizen armies might rally in attempts to defend Palestinians, and that could be more things like the Houthi or people in surrounding countries. We may or may not hear about that in the headlines. Um, church official under investigation, legal proceedings, high-profile case announced, issues with publishers, newspapers, or journalists, or censorship in the news it can be and or not and you know and but or you know it's all of it it could be any of that in the theme issue let's see uh hmm, i already read that one data breach tensions rise in taiwan straits and south china sea accidents with missiles and or satellite launches uh, could be the International Space Station as well. Things could get, if somebody's trying to launch something, it could go hooey or sideways or delayed or canceled. We could see the use of drones or sea-to-air missiles. There could actually be accidents with those. Something goes off course. Looking at you, North Korea. Um, escalation of existing tensions. Any border conflict. This is anywhere in the world. It's not just the place the media has our eyes on or not. Uh, this could be... I, I'm, I've got an eye on... Uh, on uh, the Venezuela border. The Argentina and the Falklands. That's up on deck. Um, we've got a whole bunch of conflicts kind of brewing in the Middle East, in Asia as well. Look at the Philippines and China, Taiwan and China. There could be stuff with Indonesia. Um, we could see some volcanic action with Mercury conjunct Pluto. We could see some of that. The moon pops into Capricorn on the 6th I believe yep and it's in Capricorn from the 6th to the 8th and so we could see in the headlines for the moon in Capricorn we could see erosion causing storms tornadoes changing temperatures thaws or freezes you know so if you've been warm you could find yourself with dipping temperatures if you've been cold you could see a thaw uh, let's see, world leaders at odds, world powers under pressure, economic or trade sanctions announced by Global Alliance, uh, that could be BRICS, um, it could be NATO, it could be a whole big G8 or G7, however they're describing it these days. Infrastructure failures, roads, bridges, dams, buildings, rail systems, power grids, and water systems, all under strain. Different parts of the world, it doesn't mean it's your neighborhood. These are things you can expect to see in the headlines. Big corporation or financial institutions has big loss or failure. Increased seismic activity up to a 6.5. And that that's kind of... Anywhere that has active seismic zones, I don't necessarily see it for Southern California at this point, but we could see another foreshock in the San, San Bernardino Mountains or in the Sierra Nevadas. Uh, Alaska, Iceland, New Zealand, Japan, or offshore in Southeast Asia is where I think we need to keep our eyes looking. Uh, glaciers and issues with the north-south poles. I think we could see that ice is melting more rapidly than anybody should be comfortable with. 
big layoffs from major corporation or and or a retailer no confidence vote in british commonwealth country or a cabinet shakeup is potential don't ask me who how or when it's just directional okay i'm just like well there could be a shakeup in that area uh european union i can't even talk european european we're gonna slow down european union has a crisis a new alliance announced between countries that could be some another country joining BRICS. leader deposed or coup d'etat of world leader or a world leader dies or has a health challenge and that's again global you know look at world leadership it's all relatively old (laughs) so take your pick because heaven forbid anyone pass the baton because it's always worked so well to have old geezers in power <laughs> oh do we learn nothing oh uh, uh iran could take some military action or there could be action taken at iran directly that is a potential it is not a given it's a potential uh Oh, I do have one on BRICS. BRICS nations make moves to financially undercut current market space. So there could be some announcements about that. That could be commodities. It could be uh, ending a trade deal or circumventing a trade deal. Keep your eye on BRICS. Uh, Celebrity scandal or breakup. So we get some pop culture news in there. And then issue with maritime transportation. And I don't think it's just a Red Sea. I think we could be looking at the Panama Canal as well or issues again with the Strait of Taiwan. Um, But of course, there's issues with the Red Sea ongoing. So there is that moving right along. And we'll get to the end of the week with February 8th through the 10th. And we've got that new moon coming up on the 9th. That happens in the afternoon on the West Coast around 3.30 p.m.-ish. Okay. Uh, so that's like around 6.30 p.m. Eastern. And I'm just, I, I'm not looking at those notes right now. So it's around that time. And so we've got in in that Aquarius moon, there is some potential arsons, wildfires, bushes, big bushfires, uh, big thunder and lightning. You can see trees go down with that. Uh, issues with internet or cell towers, network outages. And that could be like in a neighborhood, but it could also just be like at a workplace. You could have like a cyber attack that day as well. Um, strange windstorms, dust storms, and sandstorms, lightning, hail, changing temperatures, and surprise frosts and freezes. And obviously, if you live in Montana, the odds of you having a sandstorm are probably pretty slim, but you do get big wind. Okay, so I, I write the descriptions based on the ecology of where people are at. We live on a singular planet, a little blue marble floating in space. We have a lot of different kinds of ecologies, right? Little environments. So if that description fits where you live, keep keep your eyes open for it. That's all. You don't need to be afraid of it. Just keep your eyes open for it. All right. Surprise announcement regarding political leader, figure, elected official could see health crisis for older statesman or government official. And this could be at any level of government 
again, how many countries have older people, like, not even my age, older? I'm not exactly young, but older than me, older than my parents. That's frightening. You know, so keep your eye open for that. Trump gets really bad news with the new moon. He's not going to be happy with that new moon. I talked about that in the Patreon already. I give a little update about that. And what's funny is whatever happens with that new moon kicks off something that culminates with the August full moon in Aquarius. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll keep talking about that. But uh, it does not bode well for the great Oompa Loompa. Um, Honestly, I think he's a big distraction at this point. So it could be, I, I think the Supreme Court's supposed to hear the case on whether he's has immunity or not. And I was talking about that a little bit in the patron-only podcast. And the Supreme Court's kind of in a tricky situation because if they try to say he does have immunity, then they can't go after other presidents. Like they set a, pres- a precedent for the president. Say that five times fast. Um, and so, uh, it puts, you got some hand ringing going on behind the scenes, I'm thinking. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Um, just kind of feeling into it. I, I just don't think he's going to be granted immunity. I, I just don't think so. Um, because again, if they want to go after, like, just like the GOP is jonesing to go after Biden and there might be reasons to go after him. The ones they're choosing probably aren't it. Um, again, not a huge stand here, but yeah, they can't go after him if, if they grant immunity to Trump, that just, it won't fly. So they kind of cut off their nose to spite their face if that happens. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. Uh, by the way, I think we'll have some news about Clarence Thomas Monday or Tuesday. I don't know if he's going to like recuse himself, but remember that Pluto is not, Pluto and Aquarius isn't helping him out much. So interesting oh i gotta remember i i made a political predictions category on the pot uh in the patreon and i know i did a clarence thomas post in there i I gotta get that linked up so that you guys can just easily find the political predictions um we can see electrical failures or equipment failures air accidents issues with air travel control military helicopter mechanical failure we can see issues with robots i have that for to, uh monday today as well we could maybe i don't think robots are going rogue but we could see a mechanical failure although I don't know. I, I think the scientists may have read the same science fiction books as me, but I took it as don't do that. And they took it as do do that. And I think they need to have a talk, you know, with their mom or something to understand that maybe what they're doing isn't real bright. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> if we can't laugh about this, what are we going to do? What are we going to do, guys? Um, go ahead, laugh, because the alternative is banging your head against the desk. Um, 
high speed rail issues we could see missiles rockets and or drones misfire or accidentally strike sensitive targets um that were unwanted to strike so keep this would be global it's not just one area um anywhere that obviously those things are happening but we could see accidents in the united states too if they're mili using military equipment like moving stuff you could see accidents with transportation doesn't mean it's a massive fatality it just could be something that makes the news and it's like embarrassing as well so it doesn't have to be a great tragedy uh hopefully it is not i don't like being right about tragedies matilda and i talk about that a lot you know matilda yeah we do i want to thank you guys again for introducing us because it's nice to have it's nice to have a friend who's similar age and kind of does similar things all right power plant chemical plant accidents could be um you know just machinery not working there's supply chain issues right now it's hard for people to get parts we could see issues you know with any kind of manufacturing uh issues with publishers newspapers or journalists merger not allowed to go through because of an anti-monopoly law or an antitrust law all markets are volatile including crypto it kind of looks like it's going to be all over the place as we hit the new moon like right before it and we could see some sizable seismic activity um maybe between a 6.0 maybe a 7 i have up to a 7.5 yeah, it could be southeast asia new zealand south pacific region south america off the coast it could i, I don't know that these are on land themselves i kind of have a feeling it's offshore and it isn't i'm leaning more towards a 6.0 level than the higher end of that i don't i don't feel certain about that but keep your eye out in the pacific region so that's that's what i think we're gonna see in the headlines uh the new moon is a very interesting new moon and i'm sure you guys are hearing on the tiki Taki, which i haven't been on very much still we'll see now that now that mercury won't be in opposition to my mercury and my son maybe i'll feel more inclined to do more videos we'll see i just haven't felt like it guys i, I, I haven't known what to say <laughs> i know how weird for the person who talks all the time um i i think I think it's an interesting week and the new moon it, it you might be told don't manifest and i talk a little bit about that in the interview with jen because she did something really cool you know she tried something or tried to convince people of a strategy and it just didn't quite work she tried it again didn't quite work and then it came to fruition through another direction kind of out of left field but she had set that energy in motion and that's how we kind of have to approach building things. So um, in the next segment, I'm going to um, talk about the new moon and what you can do about it. Patrons will get the house by house action. But first, actually, let's do some patron shout outs because without patrons, we don't have a podcast.
heard the music. You heard the music. It's time for patron shoutouts. I want to give some big shoutouts to our newest patrons. We've got Brianna, Mary, Natasha, Carter, Stephanie, Lauren, Vanessa, Lisa, Jennifer, Christy, Christina, Manny, Sarah, Cynthia, Tawny, Rebecca, Elizabeth, Danielle, Nina, Anne, Tierney, Nicole, Anna Banana, Yoko, Lisa, Wendy K, Karen, Amy, Emily, Anne, Ms. Callie Queen, Alyssa, Benga, Jude, Emily, Alma, Anais, Garolyn, Madam Fancy Pants, Megumi, Sam, Jacqueline, Stacy, Dee, Nicholas, Seth, Elizabeth, Alicia, Nikki, Mandy, Gabby, Joy Three Challenges, Alexandra, April, Regina, Kat, Ashley, Adrian, and Reva. Wow. Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. Um, it's been wild, I tell you. Um, everybody's been enjoying the magazine with the horoscopes. Uh, Casey and McKenzie joined me in writing the horoscopes this issue. Jen did a lot of editing as did Casey. It takes a team. It takes a team and that is Aquarius energy. And it is a wild Aquarius season, my friends, but we'll get through it. We get through it. We always do. We take deep breaths, lean into each other. Don't lean away. Best way to get across the street is to hold hands. Look both ways. All right. Let's talk about that new moon and what you want to do with this energy. All right, let's talk about that new moon on February 9th. It's at 20 degrees of Aquarius. And interestingly enough, the full moon in August, the Aquarius full moon, will be at 24 degrees. We don't normally have our new and full moons so close in degree. And that is something to take note of. Why? Well, since this new moon is in a later degree of Aquarius, it's not a new situation that we're setting our intentions for. It's something we've been working on that we really want to see burst into the world. And the full moon is the culmination. I know everybody thinks you intend on the new moon or you manifest and two weeks later on that full moon you're supposed to see stuff or you're doing it wrong you know, i think a lot of people think they're doing it wrong because they are doing it wrong you set intentions on the new moon and six months later on the corresponding full moon things are revealed you don't plant tomato seeds and expect to harvest two weeks later why would anything else work differently? We live in a physical world. And physical world means things take time. And Aquarius, well, 
it governs time. The clock is ticking. We all feel it. Click ticking to what? You know, clicking to what? Ticking to what? Clicking. Thoughts clicking. Minds worrying, wondering, worrying, wandering. But the thing about Aquarius, it's not indecisive. It makes up its mind. It does have a sense of time in curation. The great curator. You carry water to a village to bring life, to bring wisdom. Back in the ancient times, smart villages kept their wells outside of the village. That way the water stayed clean. Clean from what? Well, the things humans do. And someone would, or many someones, would go and fetch the water in amphoras or jugs. And they would bring it back, bringing life and wisdom and stories to the village. That is the water bearer's job. That is Aquarius. Set your intentions on a pathway forward. Set your intentions for collaborative efforts. Considering the village. It might have been one person's journey to collect the water, but it was more likely they had a friend or two. It's hard work carrying that heavy clay pot or goat skin full of water, much lighter on the journey to the well than it was back to the village. And as the saying goes, many hands make light work on this new moon, it's a time to set intentions. And you need to do it with clarity, but not for material goods. I wrote this in the Awake Space Astrology magazine that goes out to patrons. This is a powerful new moon to set intentions that move you into the future. This is not the time to set intentions for material goods, rather to ask for the way to be open, the vision to see the path, to open your mind to innovation, and to see past the obstacles in your way. This is not the time to intend to withdraw from society or to take a social media break. You are being called to participate regardless of how intense reality is, you have a role to play. You will be called into action in some way during the six months in between this new moon and the corresponding full moon in August of 2024. Set intentions to use frustration as fuel, irritation as fodder, and to see the leth lethargy and exhaustion mental as much as physical, as a cue that you must get up and move towards a greater purpose. Yes, the energy is heavy. There is no time for complaint. There is no time for warming up. There is no time to worry. 
there is no time to isolate. This is big picture energy, and you are part of that energy. It's not about glory. It's not about recognition. It's not about getting the credit. It's about being a participant in life. Now, patrons, I'm going to go house by house to give you a clue as to how to best use the energy. But even if you're not a patron, I think you might find this thought helpful. In times like these, I lean into my childhood teachers, whether they were the elders in my life in the real world, or ones I found in books, or even on the television. And I can't help but think of Mr. Rogers. I ran across an old video I did on TikTok, and I put it in the Patreon Discord, where I went through Fred Rogers' chart. Because too often I hear people say, we wish we had him back, or we need another one. And I think he would almost be a little sad at that. Because he was always reminding us we were perfect just as we are. Just who we came to be. Each of us being neighbors. He didn't tell us to go slay dragons. He didn't tell us to lead in battle. He didn't tell us to be a hero. He told us to be ourselves. I like you just the way you are. Such powerful words. If you were lucky enough, like me, to be partially raised by Mr. Rogers, then he didn't raise us to be him. He raised us to be ourselves. And just like in a photograph with many pixels, each pixel, tiny as it is, is required to make up the totality of the image. We don't have to do great things in this life to make a great impact. Remember that as you set intentions. It isn't about perfection. It's about participation and contribution. When you hold the door for somebody carrying packages or smile at some stranger in a grocery store or thank a harried clerk or wipe your feet before you walk into someone's house, you're being a good neighbor. And you could be the difference in their life that day from such a small act of kindness. I'm not saying give up on your big dreams. Those are just possible like any other time. They really are. But let go of it having to be glorious and grand for it to be important, for you to be important. As we sit with award ceremonies and celebrity, not saying they didn't work hard, they do. It's easy to compare yourself to that and think of yourself as nothing. But like Jen Ortega says in our interview tonight, fans need to recognize their power 
fans need to recognize their power. After all, without you listening to this now, there is no me. Each of us are co-creating the moment together. Each of us plays a vital role in this life. Neighbors. We don't have to be Mr. Rogers. We don't have to be Big Bird or Elmo. We don't have to be the great American novelist. We don't have to be the wounded poet or the pop star or the rock star. All we have to do is be ourselves. Each of us carrying water to contribute to the collective good. Ask for your way to be open. Don't shut down in frustration. Don't let go because it's hard. Nothing in life is a guaranteed shot, but there's some real magic with this moon. If we ask for the way to be open, the future is built in every present moment and mindset plays a role. It's a powerful new moon and there's something you've been working on and you might be frustrated that it hasn't finished yet or you haven't gotten where you wanted to with it yet. Timing is everything. And Aquarius deals with time. It rules astrology as well. And astrology is the art and science of reading the cosmic clock. Tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. Time is ticking. Laser focus. But not on the obstacles. Not what's in your way doesn't take a big opening to squeeze through to opportunity, my friends. Alrighty. Well, I think it's time. Speaking of, I think it's time to listen to Jen talk about independence and making things happen and the United Music Group. All right, I've got a very special guest today. I've got Jen Ortega, who's host of the Gemini Baby podcast and manager to digital girl group Lilith Plug. Jen has an extensive background in the music industry and is a champion of indie musicians. And in light of the new moon in Aquarius coming up, which is packing quite a punch, and in light of me talking about consistently that the powers that have been are under strain since Pluto and Capricorn, 
Um, we're going to talk a little bit about what happened with the UMG situation on TikTok and then what can indie artists, music artists especially, but in general, what can we do to network and and secure ourselves in this very changing world? So welcome, Jen. Thank you so much, Lori. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So like what's first of all, what is UMG? So this is a little bit of a loaded question, but I have my notes written down to kind of help us break it down just a little bit. So I would say Universal Music Group is one of the largest and most prominent music companies in the world. It is one of the three biggest record labels alongside Sony Music and Warner Music Group. UMG encompasses a wide array of music companies, such as labels, publishing divisions, and other music-related businesses. It's home to some of the biggest record labels in the world, including Interscope Records, which has artists like Renee Rapp, Billie Eilish, Olivia Rodrigo, Capital Music Group, which houses I Spice, Katy Perry, Def Jam Recordings, which has Justin Bieber, Republic Records, which is a very massive label in this point of time, which is home to Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, Drake, The Weeknd, and my personal favorite, the Jonas Brothers. And so I would very much look at Universal Music Group as um, a power player in the industry where they're often determining industry standards, negotiating with digital platforms, and kind of even like determining like who some of the breakout artists are in the music world. Oh, wow. So them pulling out of TikTok was the, that it was huge. It was massive. This stuff bleeds out to not just, you know, the artist and, you know, the um, the power players within Universal Music Group. This is a domino effect into the entire industry. Mm -hmm. A lot of the more indie musicians, young indie musicians that I follow, um, they were all over my FYP. That's why I thought to bring you on, you know, because I was like, <laughs> okay, Jen, explain this. Because, you know, they were in the middle of shooting videos for new releases and they find out their music's been pulled. And and some of them aren't even signed with a universal label. They're just distributing. And yep. so that's just demoralizing when you've worked <laughs> that hard. So um, what are some of the... What if some of your thoughts without getting yourself into trouble, obviously, because you're still <laughs> music industry adjacent. Um, mm -hmm. But what are your thoughts on that? Honestly, I think this is bleeding into the bigger picture of where we see the music industry evolving. I'm someone who really perceives the music industry to be ever evolving just mm -hmm. because it is an unregulated industry at at a like a higher level um you know there's no union in the music industry people mm -hmm. are often kind of doing things um creatively with through collaboration um and so i would almost say oh. that this is going to impact not only just the artists signed to universal but also like independent artists who have no connections to universal whatsoever be it you know opportunities for exposure but also it brings up the value of music and where who is determining that? Because as of right now, you know, TikTok is saying a certain value and Universal is saying something completely different. Wow. That that's huge. So yeah. So for some of the some of the artists that are, let's say, more indie, they're not signed to a label, let's say. Let's say they're just distributing their own stuff. Are they mm -hmm. are they totally screwed or do they have options? 
They definitely have options. So outside of, you know, the distribution companies under Universal, there are, you know, um, I guess distribution companies that aren't part of like the larger music industry, like Three Umbrellas, be it Sony and Warner. And so, you know, you have like CD Baby, DistroKid, TikTok actually just launched its own distribution company, I want to say roughly two years ago called SoundOn. And so a few of these distribution companies have, um, you know, you can sign up and then you pay either like a monthly fee or an annual fee to get access to their platform. And then you can distribute your music um, pretty, uh, depending on the deal, it's typically unlimited um, for how many songs you release. And then it'll go to all the DSPs, which is, you know, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so there's definitely ways to navigate the industry without being connected to like the major label system. Okay. That that was my thing, because I'm a big supporter of indie projects in general, whether it's art, music, um, writing, you know, because it, everything has been so consolidated, especially in the last 20 years, mm-hmm. like what used to be many companies are now like what you described with Universal Music Group and Sony's the same way. And and what, I can't remember the name of the other one, but them Part too. Yep. Yeah, there we <laughs> go. Um, it, it's the same way in publishing, you know, of, of books, you know, and, and media of all kinds. And at some point, things get so big, they fall apart mm-hmm. or, or have to change and morph. Pardon the dog noises. Remember, dog noises are free. We love the dog noises. <laughs> so my question is, uh, outside of that, like... At, now you work with independent artists. Yes. Um, yes. What do you advise them in these cases? Like, like uh, not necessarily just to, with this, but about how to work with other people and how to do things maybe a little more organically. I love this question so much um, because as you know, for me personally, Lori, like I'm a massive, you know, astrology believer. I personally live by the moon. And so um, my head goes to like the astrology and how important it is to bring in that like Aquarius energy at the moment. And Mm -hmm. so I often think of, you know, niching down to smaller communities, really Mm -hmm. taking the opportunity to figure out like who you are within the greater, um, Mm -hmm. I guess, music genre world you know there's there's more than just pop music there's more than just rap there's more than just rock there's subgenres within mm-hmm. those genres and Absolutely. so i think we're in this you know very unique position in time where you know platforms like tiktok but also just like the greater social media world has started to open their eyes to these certain niche communities and how people who have you know um, I used to think I had very odd and unique interests, but I'm slowly mm-hmm. starting to figure out like, wow, people actually like this type of fashion or this type mm-hmm. of music. Um, and so finding those like-minded individuals, I think is going to be very crucial for artists mm-hmm. at this time. And mm-hmm. it's really important that they start crafting that loyal, you know, dedicated fan base. And it's okay if you're an indie artist with, you know, maybe 50 monthly listeners on Spotify, or if, you know, even 5 million monthly listeners on Spotify, it never, it's never too late or too soon to start building that fan base. And I think mm-hmm. the fan base often starts with, again, connecting on a human level with people who have similar interest or taste as you. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the way forward is uh, connecting through your human interest because Aquarius Mm -hmm. governs humanity. 
Like everybody thinks it's aliens and it's mm -hmm. not, it's humanity, <laughs> you know, and humans are weird enough. Right. Um, I'm not saying aliens don't exist. I'm just saying <laughs> the water bearer. Yep. <laughs> represents humanity. And, um, just kind of like the awake space. I mean, it's a very eclectic space here. One of my favorite spaces. Oh, <laughs> be blush. Um, see, I am blush. I'm shy, Jen. It's okay. I've you know me. I'm a I massive know. fangirl. My start oh, was yeah. fangirling over One Direction and the Jonas Brothers. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it was indeed you know, here we talk about politics. We talk about spirituality. I don't think the two should ever be separated. We also talk about, you know, how the individual can navigate and surf the cosmic tide. This new moon that we have coming up on February 9th, which starts off the lunar new year on the 10th, which will be when the year of the dragon kicks off, um, which is really fascinating that we have this kind of clash of the Titans moment of the public versus the power base. And we're seeing that across the board. Mm -hmm. And that's why I kind of want to inspire people to just, you know, especially with this episode to just be like, okay, how can you niche down? Like maybe you do have, like I, I play D and D and I'm a gamer. I love that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, and, and, oh, she's, you know, almost 55. Well, yeah. People my age, who do you think was gaming back in the day? <laughs> um, it's like, we're not our parents. Okay. What are some of the ways people can sit down and assess this? Now we actually do this in the mystery school at the awake space. We actually have curriculum that helps people kind of like line up their interests, the things that light their fire and float their boat. If you, in this day and age, if you do not have eclectic interests, it's going to be hard for you to get traction. Absolutely. So how do you sit down with your artists and just kind of like pick a direction? Yeah. So I, I guess, you know, it largely depends on the individual artist. I find that some artists have, you know, a more specific carved out and clear vision of where they want to take their career. But for those who don't, you know, I highly recommend looking at, you know, their individual artistic inspirations, but also like what do they enjoy doing in their time? So for example, with um, the video game example you mentioned, um, you know, there's massive um, music opportunities within the video gaming world. So, for example, I love to play Xbox. And sometimes my cousin and I will play like nostalgic games like Fusion Frenzy. And hearing the music in the background of the game, you know, is almost like a catalyst for something within us. Like it brings up a mm -hmm. lot of memories. Mm -hmm. It brings up a lot of interest. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, looking for those unconventional, um, I guess, outlets of where you could see your creativity bleeding into is a great indicator of where you may potentially want to take your career. Mm -hmm. I'm big on following your intuition. And mm -hmm. so my intuition has always been, you know, I love the boy bands, the girl groups. I love rock mm -hmm. and alternative music. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm also very open-minded in terms of like all music genres, but mm -hmm. I kind of just follow like where my, my heart is telling me to. And mm -hmm. so that is my personal recommendation recommendations for musicians. I know not everyone operates in that music in the music industry mm -hmm. in that capacity, but mm -hmm. I think your intuition can tell you a lot more about your path and what you're naturally drawn and um, attracted mm -hmm. towards if you pay close attention. Absolutely. And a lot of musicians are highly intuitive because mm -hmm. music 
is is an intuitive space you know um having been a musician you know and mm-hmm. still am I think once you are you always are absolutely but do you think this podcast voice comes from nowhere when you're leaning in to that space, you know, taking some deep breaths, getting quiet, not overthinking it, just like if you overthink the piece of music, you're going to flub every time. Or if you're in the zone when you're performing and you become the music and then you pop out and you forget the words or something or where you're at, that's the thinking versus intuitive space. I think a lot of, a lot of musicians do well leaning into that, but they have so many people like giving them advice. You get mm-hmm. that in independent business too. Like you'll, if you're running along and you're finding some success and then you tell people about it and then everybody and their mother who's never actually owned a business or done that kind of business will give you advice. And it's mm-hmm. usually wrong. It can throw you off. What, what, what do you, how do you keep your artists um, that you work with? How do you help them kind of stay true to themselves? I think at the foundational level, we need to recognize music for what it is, which is a form of creative expression. And I tend to find creative expression to be a form of innovation. And Mm -hmm. so staying true to yourself literally, in my personal opinion, means like doing whatever you personally feel called to do. You can take the feedback from me, from your best friend, from your family, from, you know, industry executives online. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it is it is creativity. And you typically find that the most successful artists are doing things that haven't been done before. Now, it's Mm -hmm. okay to, you know, um, I wouldn't say replicate 100% what you're doing in terms of your music career, but it's okay to pull different forms of inspiration and allow that brand or the vision that you see around your career to come to um, almost like an individual path for you. I feel like I'm kind of talking in circles, but it makes sense in my head. Yeah, no, I get what you're talking about. So like the other day, like my daughter is executive producing with me. And for a long time, we've kind of been in battle because she's been trying to um get me to uh maybe comb my hair a little more or something and i i'm a cancer i like to be comfy i can dress bougie i can clean up very very well but i'm almost 55 and my desire to make other people comfortable with my appearance is waning okay and i know Mm -hmm. rupaul says if you want to be successful wear a suit and that is important if i was walking into a business meeting or doing an event i'd comb my hair mm-hmm. well when you're constantly creating content and I have to stream if I'm going to game or something I don't want to have to you know look a certain way and the other mm-hmm. day she looked at me and she goes okay mom I give up we're just gonna let you do you I went yeah let me do me I'm fine the way <laughs> and she's like we're gonna she goes but your hoodies have to be clean because I spill food I'm a cancer we're mess yeah, okay. We all yeah. do. <laughs> I dribble down my hoodie. I do. Um, not drool though, you know, but coffee, you know, I <laughs> own nothing white. I can't, it'll be dirty in five seconds. And she's like, we're going to do your comfy hoodies. Cause I'm going to do like some Twitch streaming. I'm going to play video games and talk astrology and stuff. I really, oh, I haven't I been that. able to play video games in so long. And I miss that. And that so, so cool. Lori, you just became like, you're, you're already so cool, but you just became like even <laughs> times cooler. 
<laughs> it's funny you mentioned you play you you mentioned you play the uh, nostalgic games. Both mm -hmm. of my kids, when they're feeling nostalgic, listen to the soundtrack for Diablo two. Oh wow! And yeah, and the OG Diablo because they grew up on my lap while I played that game. Oh, That's their mom cozy time. That's incredible. Oh, I mean, I think, you know, it just shows like the impact of music outside of like mainstream music, but literally like the music and video games gets engraved into your soul at one point. And so whenever Absolutely. I hear like, the Fusion Frenzy soundtrack, I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I feel 11 years old again. Me and my cousin right? go to battle. <laughs> right, right. Or Final Fantasy or, mm -hmm. you know, those games. And actually for a really cool soundtrack, if you like jazz and I I love good jazz, I'm not an easy listening jazz person. I like like jazz jazz. Um, Genesis, the game Genesis. It's an oh. indie game. OK, I don't know. I've heard of it. It's a trippy game. It's like a story and it it's like evolution in the universe. It's 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 but set in a film noir setting in the it's a very avant-garde game with a killer soundtrack. So that's awesome. Right? <laughs> so it's crazy because there is a lot of money to make in the video game world and like mm -hmm. me think. And I don't yeah. I feel like some artists or I guess musicians in general believe that they have to be, you know, like the global superstar mm -hmm. uh, to make it in music. But you can mm -hmm. define success in the music industry in a variety of different ways. You can make, you know, um, music for video games. You can make it for vloggers on YouTube. You could Absolutely. upload it to like royalty free websites and get yeah. paid a check from that. You could also yeah. do yeah. just create music for movies and TV shows. There's mm -hmm. not like one specific path you have to follow in music absolutely or in anything anymore and that's what i think as we move into the pluto and aquarius era that people are going to be discovering especially in the next five years and some of us like like early adopters people like me who are older who kind of saw this route a long time ago you mm -hmm. know like in the mid 2000s or earlier um who went, who went like, I, I published an indie book in 2008, you know, and it, it was on the Amazon top 10 of its category. And it was not oh a made up category. It was, it was in crochet and we beat out the top five publishers. Wow. You have a one. crochet book. That's incredible. I do, but it's not under my name. I it had a different name and okay. I can't even log into that account anymore. It, it's so old that I can't get in and get it out of there because create space merged with Amazon. And uh, I have had no luck pulling it out. So if you work for Amazon, can you help me get that book actually off of Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want it up anymore. Um, it was cool, though. And it was cool at the time. But there's so much you can do independently. Like you could have a Patreon. I know some because I'm a Patreon ambassador. Okay. <laughs> and that's why I bring up the Patreon all the time. A, to thank our patrons because that keeps us ad free. Um, but also as a Patreon ambassador, I get to, you know, meet with other really cool people. Like there are so many different people who have Patreons. It's not just musicians and mm -hmm. game devs, but the musicians come from all walks of life and their patrons help them a stay independent or subsidize their tours and things like that. So they can go to more places, not just the big cities. Um, 
you know, and it's amazing what you can do with like crowdfunding and crowd support and it opens you up to different venues and we need to, like, I support a lot of people on Patreon as a patron mm-hmm. because this, to be independent is really the route forward, but you're linked intrinsically to other people. If you're going to be independent, you're just not dependent on a corporate entity. Mm-hmm. I was going to say overlord. <laughs> I honestly love that. And I definitely feel like more musicians should be, you know, considering Patreon as a way to get additional funding for their careers mm-hmm. and just take it a little bit more seriously. I actually onboarded a friend. Her name's Kara Conley onto Patreon last year. I kind of helped her, you know, understand nice. the platform and get set up mm-hmm. a little bit. And, you know, she you know, Spotify pays less than a penny per stream. And so if you have, you know, a flat, you know, a flat tier at like $5, you're already making more money from someone streaming your music than having them a couple times on Spotify, you know? Well, you know, that's that's how Patreon got started though. Jack Conte, the guy who is the CEO and founder, he he had the band Poplamoose. Wow. Um, and you could look, yeah. And he started Patreon because he was a YouTuber and he was like, man, there's got to be ways to get paid. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Massive kudos to him. Cause this is, you know, my mind goes back to the astrology, but this just feels like, you know, the Pluto and Aquarius energy that we're kind mm-hmm. of like navigating at this time, mm-hmm. because like you mentioned, it's like the individual, but the individual is still connected to yeah. the greater community. Yeah. The era of the superstar is ending. And it's going to be more like those who can collaborate and connect. So just like um, you guys will hear Mackenzie and I doing the astrology Q&A. I often have the astrologers from Woke Astrology on. We support one another. Casey has a podcast. I support Casey's podcast. It's called Petty Astrology. Um, Instead of being like, oh, I'm the head honcho and they're my underlings. It's like rising people up. You know, I just kind of like, I mm-hmm. raised my kids to be good conversationalists. Um, well, I raise, I'm raising astrologers I can talk astrology to. Um, that's why I was so tickled when you're like, I've listened to everything you said and I'm doing it. And I'm like, <laughs> excellent. Astrology isn't there to just be intellectualized. The fact that you're applying it, you know, based off of what you've learned uh, from me and other sources, and mm-hmm. it's helping you find success. That's amazing. It absolutely is. How no. has it, how's, how is it help? You don't have to give your secret sauce, but cause I, there, it's okay to gatekeep some things for ourselves. <laughs> right. Um, but how has that helped you navigate these wacko weirdo times? Oh my goodness. So, you know, I started following you on TikTok. I want to say about mid 2021 or early 2021. Mm-hmm. And then I think I officially, you know, signed up to your Patreon by, early 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I personally found you to be the astrologer that I connected with the most just because I found your content to be one, very progressive and modern. And two, you were able to communicate things in a way that was that I could apply it to my everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I honestly just started, you know, researching astrology and kind of studying it independently, you know, listening to your podcast, your TikToks, tapping into other astrologers online. 
And I just kind of followed my birth chart to a T. And I was, you know, I was very fortunate because at the time I was going through a massive career shift on my own. I had officially Mm -hmm. walked away from the companies I was working with in the music industry and decided to pursue an independent path. So I saved up a couple thousands of dollars um, and I was like, you know, I'm going to test my luck. And, you know, nothing is totally unfolds as we thought it would. And -hmm. I would say just most recently, I've been kind of seeing like all of the work and energy that I invested in studying astrology kind of benefit my life more so recently, but it helped me ground. I would say that's the Mm -hmm. biggest thing that astrology has Mm -hmm. helped me do is to kind of understand some of the experiences I have in my life, as well as the way that I react towards them based Mm -hmm. on my natal chart. And Mm -hmm. so when there's certain transits impacting certain like of my natal placements, I'm like, okay, I understand what's going on. Don't, you know, don't have a mental breakdown. The energy's going to pass. (laughs) Yeah, this too shall pass. I think just knowing that there's a beginning and an end to certain things, like it's not always going to suck, Mm -hmm. um, can help a lot, especially when we're young. Um, But it can help when we're older too, you know. Um, (laughs) I'll be like, why am I so tired? And I'll go, oh, well, there's six transits happening right now. And (laughs) that it's not age. I know I'll feel better next week. Okay. Well, focus this way. Um, although astrologers are really bad about looking at their own charts. <laughs> I, I personally, uh, you know, I, I was homeschooled growing up and when the mm-hmm. pandemic hit, I decided to stay in my hometown when all the companies became work from home. So I've been mostly like studying astrology based on myself and then occasionally like my family around me and sometimes celebrities, but I have found myself like understanding myself at such a deeper level and how the energies like interact with me on a daily basis from my own observation, just because I, you know, it's, it's crazy when people say they know astrology after reading one book, when I <laughs> be very observational and you can't know how astrology no. works until you observe it in real time and time takes time. Yes, it does. It does. And um, Jen had this beautiful, the other Jen, Jen, Jen Russell, Professor Jen had this, (laughs) uh, she was meditating kind of on Pluto and Aquarius and astrology. And, you know, Aquarius is ruled by both Saturn and Uranus. And she was like, I get it. She goes, you know, you get those flashes of insight, the Iranian insights. And then at the same time, the only thing that's going to really make you a good astrologer after learning the foundations, again, that's a Saturn word, right? The foundations is time. And both Saturn and Uranus deal with time as well. And so it's time, it's practice, it's observation and application. And that's why I do teach observational applied astrology, because there's so many people who just over intellectualize it and then sit there waiting for the hand of fate to scoop them up. Mm -hmm. And that's not how life works at all. Mm -hmm. Um, It's nothing to believe in. It's not a belief system. It's like, you know, you don't have to believe in gravity. You trip over a rock. What's going to happen? You're going to fall. You know, it's gravity unless, you know, you've got really good reflexes, but even that is going to show. So I love that you're using astrology and what you do. 
Thank you. Honestly, I, I, you know me, I'm a massive Lori fangirl. So I really do credit you because I think what you're doing here with the wake space and like building out the Patreon is so groundbreaking because it's like you mentioned, you're, you're encouraging us to apply this knowledge that we have. Yeah. And I have found that the application of the knowledge has been incredibly beneficial, whether mm. it's like this type of, you know, astrological aspect is happening at this time. This is a great right. time to make best. And then on your Patreon, you kind of go through the houses. And so I listen and I'm like, yeah. okay, this is a good time to set the intentions for this yeah. during this new moon or during this transit. Yeah. Cause it's like utilizing the energy that it's hand to your benefit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We've added to that in the magazine where it's also a planner and I did a little differently uh, for February. Uh, I was doing like crunchy days and best days the layout was a killer on my eyes. So I changed it and I just gave instructions for each rising sign. But this week, besides this episode coming out, we'll also go through the new moon and how people can use it in the patron only podcast. Like you said, I want people to be able to know how to surf the cosmic tide. Doesn't mean you don't fall off the board, but you got a bungee, <laughs> you get back up. I've crashed um, and burned a couple of times, but we're still here. <laughs> yeah, we all crash. Everybody crashes. Astrologers crash. Astrologers are not immune to transits and we're going to miss stuff. We're not going to see stuff. Um, we all have our blind spots. Astrologers go to astrologers for that reason. Because, and you don't even have to know anything to go to an astrologer. Astrologers can be their own worst client. Just like doctors can be terrible patients because you know too much. <laughs> Learning to step out of the ego is really, really important. and And just learning to listen. And I keep saying that for the Pluto and Aquarius age, regardless of what you're doing. Now, I'm a big fan of making lemonade out of lemons. If we were to look at the UMG situation, um, what kind of lemonade would you make out of it? Oh my goodness. That is a great question. I think, I, I guess I have two different answers. One for, you know, independent artists as well as artists signed to Universal. And then secondly, those who I would guess consider themselves fans. And so I would say on the the end of like the musician front, it's so important to recognize how we can't rely on certain social media platforms to be like the end all be all for someone's mm -hmm. career that we really need to stay constantly innovating and thinking outside of the box in terms of how can I take my music, my career to the next level if all of the social media platforms were to go away? Are you connected mm -hmm. to your local music scene? Are you going mm -hmm. out to your local bars and, navi and, and um, you know, networking with those at the local bars, at the local venues? Have you built that community where you have them on an email list? So if the social media platforms, again, went mm -hmm. down, you can still mm -hmm. directly communicate with, to, with them without having, you know, those barriers to entry. And Absolutely. so I personally think all musicians should really, again, start crafting that audience sooner than later. If it's 10 people, if it's 10,000, mm -hmm. it does not matter. Just mm -hmm. having that direct connection, having some sort of ownership over your community, I think is crucial in 2024 and beyond. Absolutely. And that would go for any business, any, and music is a business. You know, Absolutely. if you're a musician and that's how you want to make a living, that it's a business, you're running a business. And um, I agree. You always want to have access to the list and you don't have that on most social media platforms. Patreon, you do own your list, by the way, mm -hmm. you, you never don't. Um, but, you know, I've got 150,000 
followers on TikTok. I don't have their emails. You know, mm-hmm. I, that that's, you know, and some may not even be on TikTok anymore. <laughs> so it's nice to have an audience, but at the same time, you do need to stay connected. And I like to hear, like, I'm a huge Annie Lennox fan like huge I've seen her in person well actually I saw her with Eurythmics for the 1984 tour but it was 1985 by the time they got to Portland Oregon it was a little disappointing as a teenager but I've seen her multiple times as an adult I will be anywhere she is you will sign up for an email I will sign up for a text and I'm not a big fangirl Mm -hmm. but if I love somebody I will look for their stuff I love fame. that. Claim I love fame. that. I, I I hollered so loud at the last concert I went to. It was an outside concert too that she told me to hush. And I was thrilled. <laughs> I was like, I have been admonished by Annie Lennox. Yes. <laughs> I, well, I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I appreciate you bringing up that example because mm-hmm. that kind of leads into my second point with the fans. And, you know, I'm taking off like the music industry hat and putting mm-hmm. on like my fangirl hat and i i don't think people recognize like the the power that the community that the fans have and again right. this could go into any industry but specifically for music mm-hmm. if you aren't having people listening to you then what kind of power do you have outside of your own mm-hmm. and and so i really think it's important nowadays that fans recognize how powerful they are that they also determine who is successful and who's not but also that they mm-hmm. can determine like um the trends within Absolutely. the world yes. and so with the artists that i currently manage lilith plug um you know, how their music started like going viral on TikTok was from three fan edit videos. Uh, You people made anime edits to the song. And then one was from the Resident Evil uh, game community. (laughs) And it was crazy because this was an idea that I've been trying to execute over the last few years with some other artists, but it kind of like by divine timing came together totally, you know, unprovoked. And so it really shows like how powerful fans are when they, you know, show no shame and aren't afraid to like, you know, be like, right. I love this TV show. I love this right. art. I love this yeah. book. Um, yeah. And so something I've been leading with is that I'm like a professional fangirl and I'm trying to take like the fangirl side of like being, you know, a little bit nerdy to something cooler because I think we're all fangirls, fanboys, fan people yeah, something. of different things at the end of the yeah. day and we have the power to really lift creators all over the world. That is so cool. And we are all fans of something in some way. That's really important to remember, Jen. Um, I always say, without you guys, there is no me. And so when you guys share or talk about it or request, like people give chart requests or ask questions, that helps make this show. It helps me make videos out in the world. A, a smart person is never going to look at their fan base or, and I feel weird saying fan base. I like to say like the people who make me, I think I like that better. <laughs> um, but I guess we could call it a fan base. I don't know. That makes me blush. So, but anyway, <laughs> it does. It's like, ah, uh, again, I'm shy. I'm waiting um, for the, the fangirl Lori merch. <laughs> No, that's so weird. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> I, just kidding. I would be like, that's bizarre. Um, if you gain say the people who really love what you do and support you, I think you're missing the boat. I think having gratitude and appreciation that somebody actually 
and I'm going to just speak plainly, gives a shit about what you have to say or sing or your music or your art. Um, I don't care. Like, I was just excited when I had five patrons, as I do today, um, with hundreds. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm amazed every single day. And I think if people take that exuberance and lean into their nerdy self because I think being nerdy is going to go to a whole new level like nerding out in your niche favorites I believe it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we just are and this February especially because you know what's happening this February right we've got mercury ingressed um on the fourth into Aquarius and then we have Mars on the 12th sorry guys Valentine's Day is so not going to be all that romantic (laughs) and let's talk about niche if you have special interests maybe but not traditional romance um and then Venus moves into Aquarius on on the uh 20th and these guys then the next day conjunct with Pluto I think the 21st is going to be a freaking amazing day if you know how to harness that energy um so it you know being you you really want to be ready for that i'll be talking about that in the patreon of course but um um but no i totally agree with you Lori. i you know i'm an aquarius moon um late degree libra rising so this is hitting my fourth house but opposing you know my my leo 10th house and so i've been like you know studying my own natal chart and you know i can't predict exactly what's going to happen but I know, actually, you predicted my career was going to explode during this time. And so I'm kind of sitting here like, wow, this is a dream come true. I'm on the Awake Space podcast. Wow, the artist I managed is doing very well. But also like, this we're February 3rd. <laughs> right? And it's just going to get better for you with that. Oh, it's just going to get better. Yeah, no, <laughs> believe it, believe it. And I wanted to point out something else. Like people talk about manifestation. And you brought up a really important point towards that unknowingly. So the artist you're representing blew up pretty well at the beginning of the year because fans in the anime like sector did some videos and then the Resident Mm -hmm. Evil fans did it, right? And it was an idea. And you said this, it was an idea I've been trying to foster with other artists. So you've tried, right? You put energy in that direction. So that may not have worked out those times but you seeded something you seeded the energy what most people do is they write an affirmation and this is really good because we have that new moon coming up right they seed by just writing it down and then they're like oh it'll never work and they give up on it but you tried you tried again you Mm -hmm. tried again you didn't give up and then it manifested from somewhere you weren't expecting people often try to over control how stuff shows up And they don't like focus in on like, this is a really cool idea. I wish it could happen and try and fail and try and fail and try and fail and keep trying, try a different direction. And then what they're not willing to do is stay open to it showing up somewhere else. Yeah, actually, I I really appreciate that perspective because like I, you know, I planted this idea with another artist when he was releasing his debut album back in 2021. And then I attempted the same idea with another indie artist last year in November. And, you know, I was studying a lot of these fan concepts, these fan theories, because again, like massive fangirl here. So I'm I'm like deeply within the fan communities via on like 
X, on TikTok, on Instagram, and just observing how they get fan content across to each other. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, I know this type of content can stick, but how can we see it explode for like a new artist that doesn't have that fan base? And it literally felt like the stars aligned, divine tamming, ultimate manifestation. And I was like, we didn't do anything and it happened on christmas yeah. day which is i love that <laughs> i love that i love that but you did do something you tried it you'd planted the seed and you very firmly believed it was a good direction and that laid the groundwork for it thank you i'm mm-hmm. still processing all of it it's just mm-hmm. been um, it, it's changed our lives very very quickly i bet i bet and you know years ago i had an accidental success And um, somebody who became a friend at the time looked at me and said, well, you didn't plan for the success. And they were right. And I didn't know how to handle it. But it did prep me for when, you know, the awake space started taking off. And um, so you never know. And that was like almost 20 years ago that that was going on. It was like 15 years ago. Yeah. And so it's cumulative. It's cumulative. Don't don't quit people just keep going and look at you I remember <laughs> I remember that reading oh my goodness you you literally <laughs> called it you said when Pluto in Aquarius starts your career is going to explode and mm-hmm. I you know when a Pluto went into Aquarius last year I started my podcast which was mm-hmm. you know a, a massive like internal uh battle for myself just given my experience in the industry because I I blend my passion for music and um, music industry and being a fangirl with mysticism so I talk about Mm -hmm. astrology and do tarot readings based on music and I was like this is so taboo people are going to think I'm totally crazy for coming out with the mysticism side but also I'm spilling all of my fangirl stories so you know I just felt the fear and did it anyway and then yeah, I was exactly. curious to see how it was going to manifest when Pluto re-entered Aquarius. I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be my podcast, but no, it's it's a Lilith mm-hmm. plug. And they're just, mm-hmm. you know, they become massive. Like we're, um, I checked earlier today, we're number 26 on Billboard's TikTok uh, top 50 songs. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> awesome. I love that. Look at you go. And, and you'll get it again. So this is another trial run. Because we're still in the like the prep time for Pluto and Aquarius because it retrogrades back into Capricorn and then mm-hmm. does its last little bit until November 19th from September 1st to November 19th. And then it enters for the next Ooh. 21 years. And so <laughs> be ready for that. This is this is prep time. So take this as prep. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm definitely I'm I'm actually quite grateful that this is prep time because I think yeah. if my world shifted anymore, I'd be like, um, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but right. Again, astrology has just been so grounding. So so grounding. Good. I'm so glad. Well, and to any music industry people eavesdropping on this conversation, I get a lot of executives from a lot of industries rocket scientists scientists of all kinds people in tech people in the music industry not just yourself um of course i don't ever mention names because confidentiality is very important to me but uh, politicians people running for office people who are ceos and founders so uh people who like good advice get good astrology readings so just just that don't let anybody make fun of you, Jen. 
<laughs> Thank You're you. right on target. You're right on target. Well, I got to get to the rest of the episode. I want to thank you for being the guest today. And I learned a lot. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has honestly been such a massive, like full circle moment for me. Again, from <laughs> the fangirl side of me, I am just totally freaking out and just so, so grateful for the opportunity. <laughs> so thank you, Lori. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. I appreciate your expertise because I was like, hmm, this seems very timely with the Pluto and Aquarius energy and people need to band together. So we'll see what happens as we go forward. All right, guys. We're going to do some astrology Q&A up next. All right, everybody. I have the very eloquent Mackenzie with Hello. me. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Mackenzie. I'm glad I actually asked early enough in the day to get you on here we don't leave Mackenzie out on purpose I'm just a night owl and she's on the wrong like time zone <laughs> <laughs> all right shall we answer some Q&A yes all right so this is from Caitlin and Caitlin asks I have a question regarding Pluto transiting my 10th house. My 10th house starts at 24 degrees Capricorn. A few years ago when Pluto entered the house, I had a career change where I took on a director position and, in, and an increase in job responsibility. Now that Pluto is in Aquarius, but still in my 10th house, would I expect to see another shift in career or would it be less dramatic than when Pluto entered the 10th house in 2020? What's the difference in impact of Pluto entering a new house versus changing signs within the house? Thank you. Thank you, Caitlin. What are your thoughts, Mackenzie? Well, I feel like the general theme will stay the same. Like it'll definitely be like career about your career, um, but it might take on a different quality. Like. You said you're taking on more responsibility. That's very much a Capricorn thing. Um, but with Aquarius, you might be like innovating more and maybe like switching up job roles or um, just like wanting to, I mean, I said innovate, but that's the word that keeps coming up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Innovate the system, uh -huh. do more team, innovate the teams. Yeah bring more people on, delegate, maybe there's been layoffs in the company and you have to work with other departments in different ways, you know, it'd be shifts. But um, the first thing that comes to mind is the transits of 2020 are very different than the transits of today. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have Saturn and Capricorn. We don't have Jupiter and Capricorn. <laughs> so... It, you, it's never just one placement you know, mm -hmm. ever so the quality changes you shouldn't see a dramatic change though because it's not next to an angle right mm -hmm. so only when a planet is like right up against a house cusp are you going to have that big or dramatic of an event unless there's transits going on to impact that so, mm -hmm. if that made as much sense as mud 
That was good. Thank you, Caitlin. I hope that made sense. If you need more clarification, just go ahead and ask in the Patreon. You can, we have a chat in there as much as we do the Discord, but you can tag us in Discord too. In like general astrology. Oops, let's, let's get to, let's see, Scorpio teacup. What a cute name. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. I wonder what kind of tea. What do you think? What kind of tea would a Scorpio like? Would they like the... I don't think herbal. Mm -hmm. Maybe like oolong or something. My Scorpio rising friend, she really likes Earl Grey. Oh, yeah. Earl Grey's good. With the <laughs> yeah. bergamot flavor in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That would be yummy. I love Earl Grey, too. Me, too. Oh. Yummy, because it, it's it's strong, but it has a floral top note. Yeah, mm. almost like a peppery under to undertone. Yeah, yeah. Boy, do we have Libra placements. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> hi, Lori. I have a question about the twelfth house. Okay. So this person, and let me. Oh, I. Oh, Scorpio teacup has the sun in the 12th and they hear lots of people say that you need extra rest, alone time and solitude, which yes, is true. But a big part of her wants to, or I'm not going to say her big part of them longs for more vitality, energy and extroverted qualities. It's almost as if I wish I didn't need so much solitude. But I but feel I am reminded a lot by how the 12th house is talked about in those certain ways. How can I and other folks with 12th house placements explore this house and its range? That's a really good question. Mm -hmm. And you you had something to say a little bit, like when we were going over the questions before we recorded. Do you yeah. Um, so to me, this kind of sounds like uh, like you wish you were extroverted, but you you like realize that you need that solitude. And um, so some of this just kind of boils down to like self-acceptance and really accepting that part of yourself because I'm kind of the same. I wish I was more extroverted. And Lori, you made a good point about um, how that's really like what is favored in society and um, what we've been taught like um i don't know how you worded it it sounded better but well um, yeah are you do you really wish you were extroverted or were you, have you been told most of your life that that is what's preferred by society to be gregarious and outgoing and life of the party you know mm -hmm. what would it be like if we were told like the preferred was to be the bookworm mm -hmm. like what would that feel like Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I could rock that. <laughs> um, I think a lot of times when people are talking about houses, they're using they're they're, they're not realizing how much social and cultural bias they're using in their interpretations. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's why you know, since I teach and train you, um. <laughs> 
to me, the biggest flaw in most astrology, whether it's traditional astrology or pop astrology, is the interpretations because people don't recognize the cultural bias. Mm -hmm. And so you'll hear very negative connotations about the fourth, the eighth, or the twelfth, you know, and really great connotations or overemphasis anyway of like the first, fourth, seventh, and tenth, because mm -hmm. our society overemphasizes those things. Um, True. You know, so we hear both positive and negative about family, right? It's always your family's fault. Everything goes wrong. Mm -hmm. And yet all of your successes are because of your family. Like people can't make up their minds. Um, mm -hmm. And it's both can be true at the same time. Mm -hmm. right? um, as far as this, I, I, you actually said something really important. You said it sounds like self-acceptance to me. Mm -hmm. And what is what does that mean to you? Well, I have been on my own little journey of self-acceptance and it just takes um, exploring like what feels good to you and what um, lights you up and um, just not judging yourself. I think that's a really big thing. Like if you're judging yourself for not being so extroverted, like stop that, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> with love. But um so what how are some of the ways you stop that like when you catch yourself Mackenzie because you have mm -hmm. been on quite the journey so uh, what do you do what are some of the tools you use to stop judging who you are um let me think for a second um you know it really has just been like a slow incremental thing where like I catch the thought and the more I notice the thought like I'm getting better at being like hey actually well you actually suggested this to me in my reading with you like I think it was three years ago now um <laughs> to like write down the things that I do like about myself and the things that I am good at and um the things that like light me up and um so just like having that physical list and um being able to pull that up when I'm just like feeling like down on myself or like all the things that I'm not, um, that has really helped. And, but yeah, just slowly like catching those thoughts, like and stopping them in their tracks and, um, trying to replace them with thoughts that are more helpful. Um, and I know like when I first heard that, I was like, whatever, like my thoughts, like I'm not in control of them or whatever, but we really are. And, um, I think, for me, it really starts with the thought, but yeah. Mm -hmm. And as for the astrology of the 12th house, it's introversion just means you charge your batteries by being by yourself. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean like, because your sun is your energy levels. So it just means you need that little hidey hole to recharge your batteries and that could be like if you're out and about and you feel a little depleted because you just been peopled too much <laughs> you can find a quiet nook somewhere um when i was a kid it was the library you know mm -hmm. i would go and and i don't have a 12th house then you know mm -hmm. um but i would get peopled out real easy 
And mm-hmm. so I'd go find somewhere quiet or I'd go up into my head where I could be quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's just how your energy works. Well, and I was raised by a 12th house son and um, he's very, he used to be very extroverted, very outgoing, um, but it's almost like it, I could see it burning him out when I like reflect back on it. Like after I was looking at his chart, um, just seeing how he was like continually trying to be that extroverted fun friend and mm-hmm. um, just not taking that time to be alone and be by himself. Mm-hmm. And it, mm-hmm. it really burned him out. So yeah it can do when we're trying to conform to societal norms instead of running on our own authentic rhythm Mm -hmm. it it does so much damage to us as people you know Mm -hmm. so embrace that about you it isn't lesser it's exactly and i told somebody this in a reading today i say it a lot so if you've had a reading you probably heard me say it you're exactly perfect as you are that's who you came here to be there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that most of the dysfunction we see that happens in the world is are people operating out of alignment with their authentic self Mm -hmm. so that's a powerful question i love your response mckenzie oh i loved yours (laughs) no mutual admiration society (laughs) I miss you. We haven't done this in forever. I know. We're always on opposite schedules. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to address this question really, really carefully because it's very important. And I, I I am going to give a little trigger warning because it has to do with trauma. Okay. And the original question is about CSA. Okay. And this is from Alexandra is fed up and Alexandra, I want to give you a really big safe hug or a pat on the back or a knuckle bump, whatever would feel more comfortable because I completely understand. I experienced this as well. So the question, and I'm just going to summarize it is why, if you've experienced trauma and honestly, this can work for any kind of trauma, um, not just. CSA. It it could work if you've been in a verbally abusive environment. It could be if you um, had to ever be a refugee of any kind. Okay. If you had to leave one home or you lost a home because of a fire or a war or something. Um, Why do those themes keep coming up long after the event itself or the events have ceased. So why do the themes come up? And it doesn't mean you're destined. So this is the first thing I want you to understand. It does not mean you are destined to forever experience that. And I understand how frustrating and painful it is to have these themes reoccur, okay? And there was a time before I found astrology where I wondered what the hell was wrong with me. Because even if it wasn't the same thing, because the situation had stopped, when I went out into the world as a college student, far away from home, half a world away almost, 
um, the themes came up, you know, and I thought, do I have a neon sign over my head? And in a way I did. And it's not because I was inviting anything or asking for it. Nobody's asking for that. However, my body posture, my conditioning, and then if your normal has been dysfunctional in any way, shape, or form, and it doesn't matter what that dysfunctional norm is, that's what you're used to and that's what you're feeling safe with in in communicating with people okay or the situations you might have a higher tolerance for risk if you've lost everything right you might have hold on a second oda no she was attempting to tear apart one of my cushions for those of you listening that is my granddog <laughs> um so if it, that was a great resonance if you've lost everything and i've had that happen too more than once um, if you've lost everything, then your tolerance for risk or things that put you in a position where you can lose things. And I'm not saying you're making bad things happen. You're not. But if you've never felt safe, how do you find safety? If you've never had a functional relationship, a functional relationship can look unsafe. Yeah, because you you only know this one thing. And so dynamics will play out as we learn and grow from the lesson. Because the healthier you get, the more you'll recognize, wait, that wasn't okay. Like maybe it's not a physical assault anymore, but maybe it's somebody who's controlling verbally or mentally or in the relationship. And there's another version of dominance coming and healing is a spiral. Okay. Healing is a spiral. It's not a straight line. You kind of go up and around and you see things from lots of different angles. So, um, it's hard being a free spirit with so many people who lack self-control. And I think that's the other thing is if like how do you measure who's safe and who's not when you've never experienced safety and when safety itself can feel dangerous you know because it can it can it can be really scary um i've experienced that as an older woman in a relationship where i have a very loving boyfriend very loving, very respectful, very kind. And the more the relationship got serious, the more I'd absolutely freak the f the F out on him. And he'd be like, what the hell? One minute you're okay. And then I'm like trying to break up with him. And it was like every single lunar return <laughs> for like a year. I'd be like, that's it. I'm dumping him. He had done nothing. <laughs> except be supportive but i had never had that be real i had people who used mouth music and were emotionally manipulative because 
I didn't have the lens or framework to find a healthy relationship dynamic because I never got to develop that as a child. Didn't matter how much therapy, how much I healed, how much my neural pathways functioned differently. I had never had a healthy, not codependent relationship, a really healthy relationship. And it freaked myself out. And I would catch it. I'd be like, man, this is crazy. Right? So not to minimize it because it's not a minimizable thing. It's very painful to experience and it's very frustrating to experience. Very frustrating. Um, That's what having a good therapist is for. Um, Reading a lot of new books because I think a lot of the stuff from the 90s kind of sucked you know 90s 2000s I think now we know so much more about the brain and from an astrological point I'm not going to talk about astrology and people's charts so let's put it this way if you see something that you think indicates that kind of trauma which I could write a whole book on that I just don't want to see the information misused okay so too is the healing pathway and the transcendent pathway so the very thing that looks like it's attracting the issue is the very thing that causes healing and i'm not talking about aggression but that energy it expresses in a spectrum so at the negative level or the basement level it's going to express in one way in the transactional level like once you start getting a little more healthy and you start to realize oh i've been managing dysfunction again or that person didn't hurt me but i just found out they didn't treat somebody else very well so my my energy has shifted but that person still isn't a safe person and you might feel betrayed or what have you like what's wrong with my radar just notice you've healed enough that they're not coming in your direction and that they're still not great right and then you get healed enough to where you look and the, your hair on the back of your neck stands up and you're like, that person's not safe. Congratulate yourself, you know, um, and congratulate yourself every step of the way in the healing journey. So I think this is a really important topic. Don't ever blame yourself because it's not your fault. These could be also patterns that have been passed on. That's why a lot of times um, we look at people, especially moms, but dads too who maybe they experienced some trauma as kids and then they enable maybe somebody who is is um toxic or abusive and maybe it's not the same abuse that parents suffered but they um they don't see it in the other person because maybe they're minimizing it or maybe because they didn't experience that kind they they can't recognize it you could probably go back 20 generations and find that dysfunction. And so if you're the one healing that family trauma inside um, and stopping those patterns as much as you can, you're not going to get it all. There's anybody. And, and I was, I was trying to get it all. So my kids didn't get anything. I missed stuff. Did they experience what I experienced? Nope. They experienced other stuff though. You know, and it'll that it takes as many you know it takes time to heal it all and it's not one person's job to heal up everything so go gently with yourself 
I'm, I, I understand that it's so good. You're freaking over it. Alexandra is fed up because that's where you get to make the decision to like really dig in and be like, okay, I'm done with this. I remember a few moments in my life where I was really done with it and I made a leap. So you're about to make a leap. Okay. No, it's hard, but you're doing, you're doing good work for yourself. It was really brave to ask that question. Really brave. Thank you for trusting us. Mackenzie, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, I think you said it best. Um, just, yeah, therapy really helps. And um, it's not always like talk therapy. Um, could be like somatic. Um, I don't know. There's all kinds of things. And sometimes it really is just like you got to try things out. And if it doesn't work, then try something else. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think this is like something that will always be there um you know we continue growing and healing all throughout life and sometimes it feels like we like move back or whatever but we're never actually moving backwards because like you said it we're it's like a spiral continually going upward and um yeah i just want to give another safe hug you know mm -hmm. yeah it was such a brave question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which shows you're so ready to make that healing, you know, yeah. to, to walk into that healing zone. It's like sometimes that's why I say anger and frustration are often a catalyst for growth. You know, you have that moment where you're like, oh, mm -hmm. done with this, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah. And astrology can really, really help understand, like, it doesn't mean you're fated. I get really worried when people are like, oh, that's a sign you were blah, blah, blah. And it's like, mm, not necessarily. And it's a, it's a big assumption to make um, when you look at somebody's astrology chart. I mean, you have to be gentle with people. And also, if you're doing readings, anybody listening... Uh, you don't point out people's trauma to them to prove your accuracy. That's no. very unethical, right? Mm -hmm. What do you do to prove your accuracy, Mackenzie? Um, I never step on people's toes. Um, I think, how do I prove my accuracy? I just do the astrology without, you know, triggering people. There's a lot more to life than just trauma. Mm -hmm. So yeah 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 there is a lot more to life than trauma <laughs> um hey that was really good we'll do the patron only as well mm -hmm. this is this is for our, our public but Those are good uh, questions right <laughs> what i have a question for you what's your favorite way or okay it, you, you can answer it either way What's your favorite way to freak out a client in a good way with your accuracy? Or have you had an experience in a reading where somebody was like, no way <laughs> that you can remember without blowing people's yeah. identity? Because we keep anonymity, but oh, tell man. me about it. Well, my most recent one, 
I was talking about how she or they probably feel um, psychically connected to like their close personal relationships and she just goes wow like <laughs> it's just she's like this is so freaking accurate I was like oh my gosh I love that <laughs> right we need that. <laughs> yeah we need that confirmation it's it just gives fun. a little boost you know <laughs> right um, but yeah there's been sometimes it'll be like what the person looks like um, what or a recent one I had um, the person like was a literal researcher like that's what they did for their job and they had like three eighth house placements <laughs> <laughs> I was like I bet you're really good at it <laughs> I love that I know there's always something every single reading I'm just like it's not like I need the that validation because I'm mm-hmm. I'm at a point now where like I know astrology just is and it's it comes down to just the interpretation and um so yeah it just it's just really cool every time uh, I am so proud oh I love the confidence in your voice oh it That's took time good, yeah well you've been reading for a long time now I know look at you so proud I learned from the best (laughs) I think we all say that (laughs) you guys do and you make me blush oh (laughs) talk about introvert I'm actually really shy oh and I blush easy (laughs) I know so if you think yeah one day when I'm old I won't blush no I'll probably if I lived a 90 I'll blush (laughs) all right Well, I am so glad you could join me for the podcast. Me too. This has been great. I know. We'll have to do it more. We will do it more. What did you think about that testimonial for Casey? It was pretty cool, wasn't it? Um, Which one was that? The one I read earlier in the podcast. Oh, I don't know if I've seen it, but I'm sure it was amazing. listen to the podcast and you'll find out yes all right Casey's amazing she she is and her her being a writer like I think that just really she knows how to narrow down into a person and just read them to filth <laughs> read absolutely to filth but also in a really compassionate way you two yeah. your, the energy of your descriptions I love the distinct energy of it Casey's is very thorough and forthright like mm-hmm. there it is you, you have an eloquent it's like listening to a piece of music and Casey oh. you know it's funny she's a script writer and she's describing your life script right mm-hmm. you've been a dancer and love music and you can feel that musical inclination I love listening <laughs> to that and and Jen Jen is very nurturing mm-hmm. very gentle Mm-hmm. And then just a solid resource, like the mm-hmm. resource she's through. Read this book. Here's this study. Here's this thing. You know, she's just boom, 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 boom. Um, I love how you guys do things. Yeah. Already, we're making our own flavors, <laughs> right? And that's the thing: is the astrology is the astrology. The interpretation is where the individual shines as an mm-hmm. astrologer 
you know, learning yeah. how to communicate the the vast array of <laughs> possibilities mm-hmm. in front of them in the chart. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll get you back on. All right. Yeah. So patrons, you're gonna catch McKinsey again this week on the patron only QA, which is super exciting. And I'll be talking about Trumpy Dumpty's astrology coming up because the new moon, (laughs) the new moon is not his friend. I'll talk about what that means as well on Patreon. 